0: What is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is the Good Morning Liberty podcast live at Freedom Fest in South Dakota. This morning, I'm joined by Dan Fishman, who's the executive director of People for Liberty. How are you doing this morning, Dan? I'm real excited to be here, Nate. We are are excited to have you. What's the most uh, fun thing you've done at Freedom Fest so far?
1: Uh, Well, you know, we have this thing where we tend to do a lot of uh, karaoke as Libertarians, and so uh, let me just say Rapid City was not prepared for what Libertarians bring to the average karaoke bar from hearing your voice
0: i could tell you know you mentioned earlier that you did some some johnny cash and uh, i did I do getting, a little johnny cash i could hear that going really well <laughs> and you did the love shack
1: we did the love shack oh, uh man. famous libertarian ovens o'brien uh, <laughs> is always looking for somebody to uh essentially love shacks obviously stars a female voice and the man is just framing yeah i was happy to be the frame for that I really wish I was
0: there to hear that. But did anyone you notice
1: another another one tonight? Okay, okay. Well, yeah. I think we're gonna have to make that happen. Yeah, there's an official Freedom Fest karaoke tonight. So.
0: Oh, okay. I'm gonna have to get ready. Yeah, you get I'm ready. To save my voice just a little bit. <laughs> all right. Tell tell everyone what People for Liberty is all about.
1: Uh, so one of the problems that I think the the Liberty movement has had for a long time is that when we try to message in. To voters we say you know what you guys need to be free and americans say i live in america i'm already free and that basic misunderstanding has to have a better answer and so we were talking about things like if you think you're free try to start a business without uh, telling the government try to build a shack in your backyard without telling the government try to send money overseas without telling the government you find out very quickly you're not as free as you think you are identifying those individual sticking points for people is something that we can do a better job of and one of the things that people for liberty is focused on doing is doing that with sort of digital fingerprints. We put out a lot of content, we see what people like, and then we say, okay, we know this person liked our article on eminent domain. Let's talk to them more about eminent domain. We don't care if they don't think that heroin should be legal. We don't care if, you know, they have other views that we don't think are unlibertarian or unliberty friendly. We want to unite everybody I mean, it's the name of our organization, specifically, deliberately, People for Liberty.
0: So you're meeting people where they are instead of coming at them with, oh, you don't like him in the domain, why don't we have legalized meth? That would be great. Right, exactly. <laughs> and, and
1: more than meeting people where they are, we want to use better techniques to identify who they are beforehand when we talk to them. And I'll give you a quick example of this. So uh, on Easter, Joe Jorgensen put out a message, Happy Easter to everybody who celebrates it. Day of Peace should always be recognized. Libertarians being who they are, 50% of them go crazy. How dare you mention a Christian holiday, blah, blah, blah. But everybody who clicked love on that, we followed up with them and say, hey, we have a group, Christians for Liberty. You might find the conversations in this group more interesting to what you're doing. And then six weeks ago, somebody posted, hey, as a Christian, I feel compelled to help the poor, and my local government is making it difficult for me to do that. I can't give away food to homeless shelters. Maybe something we can do is get together and repeal the laws that prevent us from helping the poor. And so now you have a group of people who don't really identify as libertarians doing an incredibly libertarian
0: thing. And they don't even, they don't have to be libertarians. And exactly. They could be acting as libertarians and yep. not even know it. So how do you bridge the gap between uh, explaining that the government is involved in all things or that you're not really free, like you were talking about earlier, and then also letting them know Because sometimes you tell people, well, you know, there's not a single product here that wasn't touched by the government at one time. Everything right. was on a truck at some time, so it was touched by the government at some time. How do you bridge the gap between getting them to realize that and also realize that that was a bad thing? Because some people wouldn't, would, would to hear that and say, oh, well, we need the government to do these things. You know? Right. Usually people will
1: tell you if you let them. You know, One of the things that uh, I'm trying to fight in the liberty movement broader is this idea that we're supposed to sell liberty. Because the problem is, is that most people don't really understand what sales is. Most people are like, hey, man, I got this uh, pocket watch. Do you want to buy anything like that? The real art of sales is listening to the customer and let them tell you what they want and then saying... That's what you want. I've got it. In the liberty movement, it's pretty easy to do that. I mean, if you sit here for five minutes, somebody's going to tell you what their number one issue is in the liberty movement. And you say, great, let me talk to you about that.
0: So you were uh, you were the executive director of the Libertarian Party. How does this differ from a, a, a political party versus uh, an organization like this? So a
1: party has to be focused on doing the work of a political party, maintaining ballot access. Uh, supporting candidates but also there's a idea that you have to have a very strict understanding of what it means to be a member of the libertarian party a party itself is meant to be a little more restrictive than the liberty movement larger Mm. what we want to do is we want to get people saying hey you know what Maybe I'm not a libertarian, maybe I'm not a Republican, maybe not a Democrat, but I can support liberty on some of these issues. And that's where most of the things are. If you look at the biggest liberty accomplishments that have happened, uh, obviously Democratic Party's taken taking taking credit for them, but marriage equality, that was a liberty issue. Legalizing cannabis, I mean, that's still not nationwide, but everywhere it's happened. That was a liberty issue. We've made all these accomplishments with the help of people who don't necessarily identify as libertarian. Mm -hmm. People for Liberty is about finding that larger group and finding the things that we can get everybody to agree upon. Because, you know, liberty isn't a right or a left issue. It's not, uh, it's not, Republicans will tell you that, like, you know, Democrats are to the left and that the state is beyond that. And Democrats tell you that Republicans are right and corporations are beyond that. But liberty isn't a right or left issue. It's Mm -hmm. an up or down issue. Mm -hmm. And... We just want people to be able to stand up.
0: Uh, do you think that this is a more effective way of reaching out to people, say you're not working on behalf of a, of a political party? Maybe that turns them off. I, I don't want
1: to diss on my former employer, <laughs> uh, but I think that, we have the capacity to engage a broader audience. Mm-hmm.
0: We'll say that they're both good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Let's, yeah. Let, let's
1: put it that way. We have the capacity to engage a larger, larger audience. And you know, one of the critical things about it is, in many ways, you know, political activism is like evangelism. You don't yeah. preach in the church. <laughs> Those aren't the people you need to convert. <laughs> we need to be focused on the larger community and say, look, find this one issue because, so now here's the dirty little secret. I know if you get a taste of liberty, <laughs> You're going to want more.
0: You're going to go down the rabbit hole a little bit. <laughs>
1: that, that's exactly it. And so let's welcome these people and get them started on that path. I can remember very clearly the first day that I thought to myself, you know what? Income tax is just wrong.
0: Okay,
1: <laughs> right? And that led me you know, all the way here years later.
0: We just got to help people make that first step. And have you found that, have you noticed, and not, I guess, to go back to political parties, but have you noticed that people on the left or right responding to what you guys are doing better they, than the other?
1: They do. So one of the things that we've done is we have, a, I'm going to get the number wrong because it changes, but we've got about 50-odd Facebook groups supported by web pages, stuff like that, on a variety of different topics. So we have... 2A for liberty, women voters for liberty, black voters for liberty, LGBT+, plus, gamers for liberty. Uh, pretty much anything that you can think of where people can have the liberty discussions that they want. But the other thing we do is we really heavily monitor those uh, threads because we want it to be constructive discussion. And the nature of political discourse is there's a lot of trolls everywhere who just want to blow things up. If we can have a heated conversation, you know, I... My favorite Ron Paul quote is that uh, we don't have the First Amendment so we can talk about the weather. We have the First (laughs) Amendment so we can say very controversial things. Mm -hmm. I agree with that 100%. What I'd like to do is get to the point that we can have online, spirited, thoughtful conversations about a wide variety of topics. And that's why we have all these different groups, too, because you might not fit just in the 2A for Liberty or just in the uh, Veterans for Liberty. Um, All the different groups that we have— we have a uh, recovery for Liberty, which okay. is a really fascinating yeah. copy because I, I don't know where it's come from, but having formerly worked in, uh, at a psychiatric hospital, we have a lot of people in the movement who actually are in recovery, higher than it seems in the normal population. I actually attribute that to better willpower because people are able to get there, more mm-hmm. self-reliance. But it's having a group where people talk about that just from a Liberty pl- platform, that's awesome. And Recovery for Liberty, right? That could be yeah. right, left, anybody.
0: <laughs> that can be anyone. Um, which one of those would you say? I'm just interested in: is it the two way? Is it the Christian? Is it which one is that seems to be the biggest, the most effective one, the easiest one to move so it, far? It, it's tied. Two A yeah. and veterans. Okay. okay.
1: Okay. Veterans is another one. Uh, you know, we have uh, on our staff uh, the vice president of People for Liberty, Holly Ward. Uh, in the Air Force, in Space Force. Uh, She's now finally out, not bound by the Hatch Act. And Mm -hmm. so she's able to talk about things that a lot of veterans will tell you. You know, I think I'm going to do a little Adam Kokesh quote here where Adam (laughs) said, you know, the number one thing that all veterans will agree upon is that their recruiter lied to them. (laughs) And it's then true. there's other things. Are we were we in? Yeah, exactly, absolutely.
0: <laughs> and, and so that I, I had a recruiter on me r- really heavy one time, and I tell you what, nothing he said was true. <laughs> right, and, and you know that sort of experience is actually you know
1: nobody's as passionate as the converted. Once you've been through that, on the other side of it, you become much more aware of all these other liberty issues that are going on, and of course people in the liberty who people who are in the military who are required to get vaccinated, uh, you know, have all sorts of other liberties taken away from you, they're ready for freedom. So they're very
0: active. You have like an unvaccinated for liberty or uh, we <laughs> don't, but that's not a bad idea actually. Yeah. Well so
1: because the other day, so I got vaccinated, uh, mainly because I come to giant conventions. Yeah, but yeah, yeah,
0: it's other I'm not things against like vaccines. That, I'm not against vaccinations, yeah.
1: but somebody pointed out to me that we do want to be really careful about the conversations that we're having. And if we're implying that unvaccinated people should be discriminated against, especially in public places, and that's where we don't want to be, because there's a lot of people who just can't get vaccinated, either through issues of conscience or because of their health or whatever, let's talk about that sort of thing much more compassionately and from their personal liberty standpoint instead of from something else. When we get out of this, I'm going to go back and I'm going to create unvaccinated for liberty. I
0: will completely admit, right, I am not against vaccines whatsoever. I think they have been an overall net benefit to society. I am not vaccinated. And right now, I'll tell you what's holding me back is the fact that so many people want to try and get me vaccinated right now. That makes no logical sense whatsoever. I will admit that. so First of all, the
1: marketing is terrible, right? If they... if. They had done it right. What they should have said is, okay, this is the vaccine, but it's only for Democrats. <laughs> Republicans, you can't have any. Yeah. And then they would be going nuts trying to get it right. They'd be <laughs> saying, oh, it's a conspiracy to keep us from getting vaccinated. So that's the tack they should have taken. But I agree with you. The, the, the selling of it has been terrible.
0: Well, it's, oh, you still have to wear a mask, and, and you uh, you still have to be six feet apart, or you still can't go in large gatherings. And what they're telling me is the vaccine doesn't actually work. That's what that's what they're saying. Well, they're I, say, stati- I know I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm exaggerating with yep. that, okay? I know that statistically still you could get it, and it would be even more statistically better if you were vaccinated and you wore a mask and all. We'd all be much safer if we all just the, the, stayed. Well, <laughs> the,
1: the, the best statistic, the overwhelming statistic is that right now, Last week 99.5% of the deaths in America were unvaccinated mm-hmm. people. But isn't 99.5 is betting odds for me.
0: Yeah, you know <laughs> it's a it's I don't I don't mean it as a good thing but I I I'm glad that we made it to the point where it's becoming a choice, at least, for a lot of people. Right. Like the people, almost everyone who is dying, which on this podcast we state all the time, we are against death. We don't want anyone to die, okay? So everything that causes death, we don't like it. Uh, But the good thing is, uh, for this situation, we've gone to only people that are not vaccinated. And almost everyone who wants to get vaccinated... Can, can get vaccinated right. in yeah. the country. And so we are down to choice. Yep. And so the people who are who are dying, unless they had a condition where they couldn't get vaccinated, uh, the people who are dying did make that choice. And I yep. still wish they didn't die, but they we are at least to a choice right. now.
1: There, there's definitely an issue about that one way in terms of people do have the choice, but it goes to a larger issue. So one of the great things about being a libertarian is that you get constantly challenged on your opinions. And there was a long time, I actually campaigned on the idea that nobody has a right to healthcare. I said, Your healthcare is provided by a healthcare provider. You don't have a right to somebody else's labor. We fought a war about that in this mm-hmm. country. I tweeted so,
0: this yesterday. <laughs> okay, I'm yeah. about to change yeah. your mind. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, because that's what happened okay.
1: to me. As I was saying that, <laughs> and I had Dan Berman on as a guest, he's like, no, Dan, you're wrong. You have a right to healthcare. You have a right to pick the healthcare that you want. Nobody's obligated to provide it for you. Yeah. But you should be able to choose whatever healthcare you want. If it's you know alternate medicine, if it's cannabis, whatever it is, you have a right to go after that. And he actually did an amazing liberty event. He lives uh, lives in Mexico, mm-hmm. and uh, the other day he went into the Mexican Walmart and saw insulin for sale and on it it said, made in the USA, and he called his friend. It's exactly the same insulin that they sell in Walmart in the United States for $500. It's $12 Wow! in Mexico. So, I can't confirm or deny how it happened, but many cases of it got I over had, the border. I, I went hate to it the, when that happens. Yeah, yeah
0: it's a, it purely Got over the border, yeah.
1: and at the uh, Texas State Capitol grounds in Austin, they started selling it, with a big sign saying, free healthcare. And people come up and they're like, "Well, wait, you're selling it. How's it free?" He's like, well, "I'm not saying that I'm giving you your healthcare for free. I'm saying it should be free. It should be not controlled."
0: It's like a verb,
1: free. Exactly free right. Healthcare. Right. Exactly. I got gotcha.
0: you. No, I do. Uh, when you say you have a right to the healthcare, we should. I I understand that side. We should have the right to purchase yeah. that if we want to. Exactly. We want to buy from any other country. Right. And so the the FDA, the government overall, is taking away that right to us pur- uh, purchasing those things from those companies. It's one of the greatest yeah. violations
1: of liberty that's happening now. People don't even mm-hmm. think about it. The fact that there are meds that are made in Canada and sell in Canada for half the price that they sell in the United States, but they ship them here. Mm-hmm. Something about that magical thing, and you're not allowed to buy them from another country, that's insane.
0: Yeah. That. But if they were able to do that, then they wouldn't be able to control the prices like they do here. If you were if you were actually able to buy that from other countries, then they'd have to compete. (laughs) They don't want to do that.
1: Well it's not even to compete. They like the price control. Mm -hmm. You know, in places where they have a patent and you know we'll do medical patents in a different show. Okay. Um but in places where they have a patent, you know, they use that to control because they know that they can't charge in Canada the same amount they charge in the United States or in India or in Africa, Mm -hmm. places where they are shipping these meds because people there can't afford to pay what Americans can afford to pay. So they use the power of the government to change what our prices are. I mean, it is literal socialism, okay? The government controlling, helping the means of production. When the government is involved in price fixing, that's the actual definition of socialism, yeah. it's sad.
0: The other thing that we talk about, and I don't know how much this plays into it, but the fact that a lot of countries do have price caps on their, on their drugs. Right. And w- one thing that we think happens is they take those price caps in those countries because they can get that money and that's good for them, and then we end up paying what they might have charged to all of those other countries yeah. on top of all the prices of our medications yeah, as well. Yeah,
1: completely true, and to be fair, that price isn't realistic what we're paying either. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guarantee you, if they weren't making money off of their price cap thing, they just wouldn't sell yeah, it. Yeah, there would be no reason to. Exactly. Yeah. But the problem is is that you know this is one of those things where government conspires with big business to be involved in really just this terrible thing. There are—India gra- doesn't honor medical patents at all.
0: They're like, this is people's lives. Yeah. And so— uh, you know, We probably have a really interesting conversation about patents, I would it, say. I think so.
1: <laughs> but it's one of those things that you look at the control that's happened over that, and it is entirely to benefit companies. Mm-hmm. It's not to benefit the people at all. It's the opposite of benefiting the people. Rarely anything is actually to, to
0: benefit the people. I mean, yeah. Look at, look at uh, antitrust laws, which is something we're dealing with a lot with social media companies and uh, Amazon, everything like that. Yep. Now we can obviously have tons of disagreements with all of those companies, yep. of course, but Do you ever see an antitrust case that was actually meant to benefit the consumers? You are 100% right. And so I have to plug uh, next Friday, Ashley
1: Baker from the Committee for Justice will be on the uh, Liberty Lunch Power Hour on uh, People for Liberty. And we're talking exactly that, antitrust. There's never been a monopoly in the history of the world that wasn't created without the assistance of the government. Mm -hmm. And getting that away is the best thing you look at, right? Okay what are the good things that came out of COVID, right? There's not a lot, but some of them are the understanding that innovation and entrepreneurs will find a much better way to address any problem than the government. And so you see all these little businesses that said, you know what, let's start up delivery to people's houses, curbside pickup, all these things that, I mean, they're going to stay. Curbside pickup is awesome, especially at Home Depot. Um, (laughs) But it's one of those things that all the best innovations that happened, happened without government Mm-hmm. Involved, And many of them happened because they got government out of the way. I mean, a great example, right? The vaccine came to market because we got rid of some of the stupid stuff around government involved in it. We, uh... Truckers, when the supply chain was down, they said, "Okay, we don't have to have way stations anymore."
0: They took away some of the uh, the CON, the Certificate of Need laws, where hospitals have to get permission to add beds. They have to get permission exactly. to, uh, to add a. In Tennessee, you would have to get permission to add a new MRI machine to your hospital, and if they, uh, if if your competitor thought that there wasn't a need for that, then they could take you to court and challenge your permit to be able to get that MRI machine. Why do you think MRIs cost so much money? They're trying to add a new one, but they're in court trying to get permission to add another MRI machine. Right. And and what's crazy is that, I mean, you do see entrepreneurs trying to address that. There
1: are now private uh, MRI companies. In Massachusetts, Mm -hmm. there's one called Shields. They had the best machines because they actually had to compete. So it means, you know, the hospitals don't have the best machines because they're not trying to be competitive because they're using the power of government to keep them with, you know, a somewhat limited monopoly. It's a uh, there's nothing you're 100 percent right. I, I wish I'd said it the way you did because that was better. There's nothing the government makes better.
0: <laughs> I can't. I, they I never was that, benefit the people. I, I was trying to think really hard the other day. My wife asked me a question. If you would take all the money out of one program for the from the government, but you had to give it to another government program that exists. Yeah, And that was one of the more difficult questions that I could answer because I would have to come up with a government program that needed that money. And right. what John uh, over here said was uh, there has to be a program that gives restitution to people that have been un- uh, unfairly treated by the IRS. And so if there is a program that uh, addresses uh, grievances, yeah. I, maybe that would be a good one. It's an interesting thing. I mean,
1: there, there are things that I would take out last if I dismantled the government. Mm-hmm. Long before I was a libertarian, personal hunger was a... Uh, uh, an issue for me. Uh, not that I was personally hungry. <laughs> Meaning that people hungry in their personal lives. Uh, even now in the United States, one out of every five children is food insecure. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean they're starving. It means they don't know where their next meal is coming from. It's ridiculous that that happens. And government's been trying to address that for a long time, and they haven't fixed it. But if we're getting rid of all government, I'll go after food stamps last, okay? I not yeah. want that idea that there's a thing there. Social Security, you know, where it takes care of... Uh, not not for old people. Social Security for people who are disabled. I, I would put the money in there. I want to get rid of all of those programs. Okay, but uh,
0: some of these, I would say, uh, with libertarians, we have an issue being I call them all or nothing libertarians. And and so if someone isn't out there saying my first program is to delete every single government department and they're all going to be gone. The f- Day one, the whole thing's gone. Right. And if someone isn't saying that, then they're making compromises. They're not a real libertarian, which right. no one is. We know that. No one's yeah. a real libertarian. <laughs> and uh, and so they end up not supporting that person because maybe uh, maybe uh, Dr. <laughs> Jorgensen would spend 10, 15 years and then we would phase out Medicare or we would phase out something and they yeah. think, well, that's not enough. That means you think that government, that means you think think the government should be controlling the healthcare industry. And what people don't realize is that we've, cre- we've had these programs for uh, some of them 100 years now, right. uh, almost 100 years, and it's going to take some time to yep. step those down. And I think what people need is uh, we have a thing we're working on called Roadmap for Liberty, and it, it's, it states the end goal, but it also creates points along the way that we would have to do before we get there. And so that way, if someone can't support, uh, let's say we want to get the government out of education. Right. And we say we want to do school vouchers. And they, well, I don't want to do school vouchers. I want the Department of Education to be gone. Well, look at this map right here. The vouchers are first. right, And then we're going to make sure that we get as much school choice as possible. We're going to make sure that uh, we stop forcing people to go into the district that they live in. And, and, and 10 steps down the road, we're yeah. getting rid of the Department uh, of Education.
1: I, I agree with that 100%. And the thing is is that you know we have so much stuff that is almost difficult. There's, there's a famous joke. Uh, I feel like a mosquito in a nudist colony. I know what to do. I just don't know where to start. <laughs> <laughs> when, you look, <laughs> when, you look, when you look at trying to, defund, to figure out what we want to do with government, how do we shrink it? A lot of times I think the best possible solution, go for the money. Mm-hmm. Okay? And that's a very simple thing. And then there's also a, uh, there's an idea that I hope some libertarian president will run on, which is I'm just going to veto everything. I'm gonna veto every bill that comes here. So I'm not stopping government. I'm saying the only stuff that's gonna pass is stuff that you can get a veto-proof majority on. Yeah. Let's do that, let's, I mean, one of the things, you know, we say whatever we want about the Affordable Care Act, okay? I mean, you can pretty much imagine where Mm I am on it. Mm -hmm. But the idea that 52% get to impose their will on 48%, you know, and they fix it in reconciliation, that's insane. President vetoes everything, We'll at least have real nonpartisan. And I don't want to say bipartisan, because bipartisan means there only should be Republicans and Democrats. But we could have real nonpartisan legislation. Mm -hmm. And that would change the country in an enormous way as well. We get things that nobody
0: hated. (laughs) I
1: I can't think of any laws that are coming through right now that nobody hates.
0: Yeah. I I tell you, when I hear the words bipartisan, I know that I'm not going to like it. I feel like the only things they can agree on are really bad things.
1: Yeah. Infiltrating your privacy, Mm -hmm. limiting what you can do online. Uh, you know, where you can travel restri- travel restrictions, stuff like that. Yeah, bipartisan just means, uh, well, this is something that we agree increases the power of government, and so we're in favor of it.
0: So tell me what the actionable goal of People for Liberty is, because we get the people together in groups, and then what's next after that? So
1: I would say that the actual goal of People for Liberty is to grow the Liberty communi- community with the idea that we put them into action doing things, like, for example, on uh, May 1st, Joe Jorgensen, who's the president of People for Liberty, uh, said, May 1st is going to be the National Libertarian Day of Service. And so we just put out a blanket call saying, we'd like everybody who can to put on some sort of liberty garb. Maybe it's an American flag. Maybe it's a Jorgensen for President shirt. (laughs) Maybe it's a taxation and theft shirt. Whatever is your liberty thing. Uh, We actually, there's a group of vapors who have an I vape, I vote, Libertarian vapor (laughs) shirt. They all went out too. But so they went out. They cleaned parks. They... uh, Raise money for food shelters. Uh, one of them did, you know, some people did a. Uh Cleanup of a uh, an old school building. You know, the outside painted. And I, stuff I like love that.
0: this. Uh, right before I left to come here, there is an area right around in my community that is just there's as much trash as there is grass around the ground. And yeah. I said to my wife the other day, no. I want I want to order a vest that says libertarian on it and go out there and clean up all the trash.
1: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and I just want to say that you know there's some amazing stuff for sale on the People for Liberty okay. store. Okay. Defund politicians is one of our uh, favorite shirts, but we also have another one that says uh, freedom is my second favorite F word. <laughs> so either one of those, I have to push those. Yeah. People four with a number for liberty.org. That's exactly what we want to do, though, is we want to build the groups of people to call them to action. And there's another aspect that we're doing, too, that I want to talk about. It's uh, what we call affecting liberty legislation. There's about You know, we have a rough estimate on this, about a thousand bills in various state houses in the United States right now that are either restricting, 90% of them are restricting your liberty. About 10% of them are trying to repeal something that is currently restricting your liberty. We are building the online database of that. So peoplefordliberty.org slash legislation. You tell us about a piece of legislation in your state. We will put it up in our database. We'll tell people about it. We'll email all of our members. And then we'll do the research. We'll find out when is the, when is the hearing on it. When is there a chance for public comment? What can people do? And we'll start sending people to go do that. LP Texas just had, uh, not this last session when the Democrats fled, uh, although I did, like their, I did like their comment. They're like, we got the Democratic legislators to leave. We just got to get the Republicans yeah, ones that was to leave good too. too. But the session before that, they took 25 libertarians down to the state house, and they were able to block several pieces of legislation just by going in and talking to the legislators in their office. It's remarkably effective at the state level. We're not doing that, and liberty is one of those things. You know what? So I, I didn't mention an important group that we have. We have a uh, single mom single mothers for liberty group. Okay, there's a lot of stuff, and that's a very active group. They're talking about you know potential increases in how the state is going to oversee parenting. That they're very active about it. And they called a piece of legislation to our attention that we're like, yeah, absolutely. We gotta get people out there to testify on that sort of thing. So building the community is a purpose towards action. If we just, you know, build the community, we're Facebook. That doesn't do us yeah, any good yeah. at all. In fact, it's probably worse for the movement. <laughs> um, uh,
0: I mean, we see that pe- activists on the left are really good at building the, the communities together to do things. And you yep. see that they can change things in the direction that they want to go. Yep. And people who love liberty, but the problem is we're so individual, individualistic that we don't want to group together a lot of times. Right. But But we really need to group together so we can get the state knocked back down.
1: Well, and that's where, you know, building the groups, one of the things that we talk about in the legislation, in this legislation page, is that We say, if there's already a group opposed to this legislation, join with them. Don't make your own new group competing with them, stuff like that. And there's a great example of that happening in Memphis, where they're building a pipeline under a very poor neighborhood in Memphis. And originally it was Black Lives Matter who was out there protesting against this pipeline. But the local county Libertarian Party, and you're going to help me out here, I don't know what county Memphis is, but Shelby. Shelby. Absolutely. They (laughs) got them together. The Shelby Party Libertarian said eminent domain we hate eminent domain we want to join up with you guys and help oppose this pipeline and so now you have these groups of people working together that it's an alliance and the the people who started the black lives matter people say hey these libertarians you know they're not selfish they don't get anything out of this they're here fighting on principle nothing bad ever happens from people understanding how principled we
0: really are that is great Dan. i'm sold I'm completely sold on this. Okay, all right. And actually, when I saw the website before I did this, I was already <laughs> sold then. But you just extra sold me right there. I'm going to make sure the links to uh, all the pages that you mentioned are in the show notes. And I really appreciate your always time. Always a pleasure, Nate. Always <laughs> a pleasure. Thank you.